Welcome back to Politodoxy. I'm your host, Aaron Friedman. And today we will be talking about the huge scam that is happening that our mainstream media is propagating and you have been manipulated to believe. And that scam is the war in Ukraine. Now, the most important thing we have to understand is that you have been led to believe that Putin is the bad guy and America and Europe, they are the good guys. Isn't that how they frame everything? Isn't that how our industrial conspiracy theory complex machinery that we have, the elites, all the globalists, they have promised you we are the good guys and Putin is the bad guy. Yeah, not so much. Actually, I, I'm here to make the case that Putin is actually the one in the right here. Good guy is maybe uh, too of a strong word to give to Putin because he does kill journalists. So good, I, don't, I wouldn't say that, although there is a case to be made for why he has a brutal dictatorship so-called brutal, uh, compared to our standards. Um, not everybody, not all cultures are made uh, the same. Not all cult cultures are the same. Not all nations are the same. Although everybody has human rights, we understand all this, but this is their form of government, which they have a right to. This is what they want. We have already discussed this. If you don't understand exactly where I'm coming from, please listen to my previous episodes on, the, on these types of subjects, like democracy, rights, and so on. You'll understand exactly where I'm coming from. Here I'm making the case, I'm willing to make the case, and I want to, as a matter of fact, make the case that Putin is actually in the right and we are in the wrong. We have been pushing to go to war for quite some time now. And to all the talk about how Putin ha is killing, oh my goodness, the, the innocent civilians in Ukraine who have been dying, we, how convenient it is for us to forget how we have killed 1.6 million people in Iraq and others and thousands of others in Libya on false pretenses, but it's okay because we are the good guys. Yeah, not so much. So first we have to establish that it does just because we oppose dictatorship and dictatorship is bad for us doesn't mean it's bad for other countries. Other countries have a right to form their government that they want. You don't understand their cultures. It's very important. We think, oh, everybody is like us. No, we are different than everybody else. Why? How do we know this? Because the, for the vast majority of history, dictatorship, monarchy, and so on, that has been the rule of the day. And also when it came to democracy, let's not forget, democracy is mob rule. And we had mob rule, killing of innocent people throughout the history of the world. This idea of rights, certain unalienable rights, and you can't do whatever you want, you have to respect one another, that is relatively new concepts, especially in its implementation that has been derived from the Bible, of course, but the way it has been implemented is a relatively new thing. We are the exception to the rule. The rule is dictatorship. The rule is suffering. That is the rule. We are the exception. Not all cultures are created like us. It's, I know it's, it's, uh, I mean, how could you even say that of other people? It's just that way. They would tell you. They would tell you they don't want democracy. They, don't, they just, just don't want it. You, well, you have to be free. Shut the hell up. You are an oppressor. You are a colonialist coming here to their country. They want an oppress a so-called oppressive regime, oppressive by our standard, but they respect power. They respect the male authority at the helm of the government protecting their nation. That's what they respect. That's what they want. The day they want to have a democracy, it'll be their choice, not ours. Stop being a colonialist about it. Oh, for all the talk about, oh, how terrible colonialism is. You liberal colonialists, with your pride flags conquering all, all that is known and good, 
for your own evil benefits, I'm sorry, I can't take you guys seriously. Unless you are of the anti-war variety that have been actually um kind of kind of vocal, although from the right we have seen much more of that, but also from the left we have seen some people actually call out the leftist establishment and saying, no, we shouldn't be getting involved in these wars. It's their country. Let them be how they want. We are not them. We don't want to be them. Let them be, but, uh, but let them be how they want to be. All right. So at least with them, I can actually, um, I can actually hold hands and be together on this one subject. There are there are certain certain things that I'm ready to um, hold hands with my political opponents because the situation is just that dire. All right. So let me make the case for why Putin is actually the one in the right here. And this isn't to say that he's the good guy and we are going to judge him on uh, killing journalists. There's a whole case actually to be made for why he would do these kinds of things. First, let me make the point about killing journalists. You are so upset about him killing journalists, yet you are not that upset when, when Saudi Arabia, our so-called ally in the Middle East, is killing journalists. Although, Jamal Khashoggi, that guy, oh, everybody was so upset because the media told you to. What they didn't tell you to... Be, uh, to know, th what they didn't tell you is that that guy was actually a spy. So that's something that was not discussed, but you were so upset that Saudi Arabia killed a spy. Oh, okay, when, so killing a spy is a totally different thing than killing a journalist, right? I think we could all agree on that. Re so, for some reason, you got upset for him killing a journalist, but, which was actually a spy. Interesting, isn't it interesting? The media tells you to be upset about things, that's why you're upset. But you haven't heard about all the other journalists that that Saudi Arabia kills, yet for some reason, oh, Putin does it, oh, it's terrible, it's the worst thing that has ever happened, don't you know, except for January 6th. But, here's another thing, you are not upset when Erdogan, who is actually in NATO, the, um, Turkey, when they kill, uh, when they kill journalists, oh, you don't even hear about it, you don't even look it up. Oh, Putin, you know, he's notorious for killing journalists. Yeah, but you have no problem with Erdogan. Okay, so here's the, here's the problem. The problem is you give one standard for Russia, because, I don't know, Maybe because you're a shill for them? No, unknowingly, you are a shill for them. For the warmongers and the uh, military-industrial complex, which makes money off of this, incidentally. I don't know. I don't know why you can't... You can't put two and two together, apparently. But you are a shill unwillingly. Unwittingly, you are a shill. So, you're not upset when, when they do it. But when Russia does it, oh, yeah, it's the worst thing that has ever happened. Okay, so let's get back to the main point about how Russia is actually in the in the right here. Russia, Putin has been the most pro-United States president that has ever existed. Russia, notorious for being a country of not only mob rule with the pogroms against Jews, but it's also notorious for its dictatorships and monarchy and oppressive regimes. We all understand this. They used to have concentration camps. Well, guess what? Now they don't. China still has them, but we are still doing business with China. We can't do business with Russia, even though they don't have concentration camps, but it's okay to do business with China, although they do have concentration camps. Complete logic fail. Okay, Russia, which does not have any more any concentration camps, they have, they have so-called progressed. I hate that word, not because, of, not because of what it literally means, only because of how the left has perverted that word, but they have progressed. Okay, yes, they killed the occasional journalist, but... It's a hell of a lot better than it used to be. But it's the same people who hate Russia right now that loved Russia when they did have the concentration camps. Isn't that pe peculiar? 
I wonder why. I wonder why the same people who loved Russia when they had concentration camps hate Russia now that they don't have concentration camps, now that they're much more so-called liberalized. Why? Well, it looks like it's a personal vendetta against them. That's one thing. And another thing, it's because money. That's how they make their money. So, going back to the main point, Putin is the most pro-United States president that we have ever had in, uh, in Russia. When he came to power, guess what? He freaking wanted to join NATO. He wanted to be part of NATO. So, let's first take a look at NATO. NATO, the whole point of NATO was, well, we have the Eastern Bloc with a, com with a common turn, the Soviet Union. Well, we're going to create our own thing that's going to oppose the common turn, the Soviet Union. Okay, fine. That makes sense, I guess. Then, the Soviet Union falls apart. Now, NATO should fall apart as well. No, we're going to keep NATO. Why? I don't... I mean, the whole point of NATO was for one thing. Oh, and no, we're just going to keep it. Okay, fine. We're going to keep it. Not only that, we're going to expand it. Oh, we're going to expand it. So, but why does it exist? Oh, it exists to stand against one sole country, Russia. So there is an entire group of nations out there who are pitted against you because you exist, because you are a country. Hmm. Oh, wow. So what do you do? Well, I want to join. I want to be part. I want to work with the international community. How about that? No, you can't join. What did NATO do? You can't join. As far as I understand, it was because dictatorship or so. Yeah, but let's not look at Turkey. That's that's a totally different thing. But no, dictatorship. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. But so now you have an organization of nations with, I mean, powerful militaries backed up by the most powerful military in, in the world, the United States, against you. Wow. Wow. What? How is that? And you try to negotiate with them. You try to be, okay, let's let's come to the negotiating table. And they just kick you out. Well, how's that supposed to make you feel? How is that supposed to make you feel? Am I allowed to ask that question? Am I allowed to feel sympathy for Russia for trying to work with us? No, you're not allowed to. They are the bad guys, don't forget. Now, back to NATO. The entire, as we discussed, the entire point of NATO was to oppose Russia specifically the communist Soviet Union, but now that there is none, now it's here only to oppose Russia. Okay, so that would make them feel uh, very much left out, and there's an entire organization specifically dedicated to oppose them. Okay, so that does not help with negotiations, that does not help with, um, international, uh, with the international community to work together and figure things out. Okay, fine. That's, number, that's uh, one thing to look at. But also, you will say, well, it's a defense, NATO specifically, to defend from Russian aggression. Now, let's not look at the fact that if we work with Russia, we don't have to worry of them being aggressive, because if we work with them, then there is no aggression to be afraid of. The aggression is manufactured by us, but let's not look at that. Let's just look at the sheer fact that NATO is for our defense, don't you know? Yeah, about that. Except that it's played a role in Kosovo, it played a role in the overthrow of the Libyan dictator, it played a role in the overthrow of Saddam Hussein in Iraq, which was, both of those were launched under false pretenses, but it's defense. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, 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 no. Now the entire idea of NATO being defense has now changed. Now it's offensive. Now we can take part in offensive missions against countries that the United States or NATO allies don't like. Okay, so tell me again, why would Russia 
supposed to look at NATO. Oh, okay, they're just here to, they, they don't feel safe around us, so better we better reform. No, no. It has nothing to do with defending against Russian aggression. It is about creating Russian aggression and making a organization that is here to oppose Russia and could be used as an offensive weapon against a certain country, specifically one country, and it's here to gaslight you to thinking, no, we are here for defense. No, it's not. It's a complete lie. NATO is a lie from the start till the end, and you have bought it. You have bought it. You have become a warmonger, not willingly, not wittingly. You don't know that. You don't understand it, but you have become a shield for the warmongers. That's what you have become. You're a tool. You, as the, as the old Soviets used to say, you are a useful idiot. That's what you are. I'm here to rip off the band-aid and tell you this as sheer fact. Because it's a complete lie. They've lied to you the entire time, but yet, no, it's about defending against Russian aggression. You're creating the aggression. There's an entire organization here to oppose your entire existence. Why won't you be aggressive? Please explain to me, why would Russia not be aggressive? Why? Can someone explain this to me? Well, look at Russia. It's, it must be uh, Putin is like Hitler. Yes, because we can't, we cannot. Nowadays, there is no such thing as some some crisis or something being unique. It always has to go back to Hitler. It always has to go back to something else. We always have to make the comparisons. There's no such thing as, oh, this is unique. This is, at this point in time, this is what's happening. I just love, uh, here's the one. Here's the one with Mark Levin. Uh, I just love this. I love his uh, his argument. You are a, you're pro-Putin and pro-Russia if you oppose sending money, Right? Right? But if you don't oppose, but if you are for sending money, then you're not a warmonger. No, 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 no. There is no such... It doesn't work like that. How am I pro-Russia if I don't want to send money to Ukraine? We have seen our, uh, how our economy is doing. We have seen the debt. But no, we have to send Ukraine. Oh my goodness. We have to give them more money to the, def to the so-called defense. We could call them offensive contractors. That's, what we, that's where your money is going. It's going to the pockets of the, po of the politicians in Ukraine. No, but you must be pro-Putin. Mark Levin, I, I'm sorry, this is an epic fail of logic on Mark Levin's part. And, uh, Mark, let's have a debate. You want to challenge me? Challenge me to, to a debate. I'm telling you, I will put you in your place, Mark. I'm sorry, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of respect for you when it comes to constitutional things. You are a great constitutional lawyer. Nobody's denying that. But when it comes to political, certain political issues... I'm sorry, there's a lot of lackluster there. There's a lot of lot to be desired. I'm, so, I'm just going to say it as it is. That's how it is. Please tell me, how am I being pro-Russia just by not wanting to send money to Ukraine? How am I being pro-Russia? How, how does that connect? I see how, how we're spending ourselves into oblivion. I just don't want to spend money. Oh, you're pro-Russia. Now, me personally, I'm making another argument. I'm, I'm talking about how Russia is in the right here. But we're not talking about that. Just on the plane of the other people who are just making that one argument, how are they pro-Russia? And another thing, I'm not pro-Russia when I'm making the argument that Putin is right. You know why? Because I'm not pro, uh, pro the Putin or Russia as a concept. I am pro the truth. This is the truth. It has nothing to do with being pro-Russia. I won't make excuses for Russia just because they exist. I will tell you how I see it, regardless of what I feel about Russia and my personal feelings. This is what I see as the truth. And there's a lot more, actually, there's a lot more to say here. Going back, so Putin must be Hitler. Oh my goodness. So nothing can exist on itself. Everything has to be, has to be 
compared to something else. And we can't say, okay, this is unique. And the same, again, with Mark Levin talking about, oh, I'm a Reaganite. We don't live in the 1980s anymore, Mark. This isn't the Cold War. What the hell is this guy talking about? We live in the uh, Reaganite. Reagan could get elected nowadays. What are you talking about? Being uh, Ronald Reagan. Who gives a crap what Ronald Reagan would do? Who gives a freaking flying hell what he would do? This is so irritating. Oh, what, what would Ronald Reagan do? It doesn't freaking matter. This guy won't get elected not even in his own state of California. Who cares what he would do? He would lose every single election. He couldn't even get elected in the most Republican state nowadays. Ronald Reagan? Come on. Are you out of your mind? This is why we're losing. This is in part why we're losing. We're talking, oh, what would Ronald, this is, must be 1980s. These neocons are so irritating. And I remember a time when Mark Levin also denied that neocons existed. Now he's saying, well, he's not part of it. Actually, you are. You are. Just as a matter of fact, neocon means you're getting involved in other countries' businesses. Getting involved. That's what neocon is. You want to get involved? You are a neocon. That's it. That's all there is to it. I, I, I know he made some kind of connection to Jews. I have no idea where he gets that. I don't know. That's what neocon is. Nancy Pelosi is a neocon. If there's one thing between Mark Levin and Nancy Pelosi that is one, it's being a neocon. Anyway, I'm sorry, getting kind of frustrated here because it's so irritating, these conversations. Oh, you must be pro, uh, pro-Putin and who, uh, Putin is Hitler. Oh, you're pro-Hitler. Something like that goes the conversation. Anyway, but back to, back to that conversation. Okay, so you want to say that Putin is Hitler, right? Okay, so if Putin is Hitler, let's take this to the logical conclusion. If Putin is Hitler, then that means we have to send in our troops yesterday because he's that evil. If Putin is Hitler, then we have to oppose him on every level. Get ready, get ready the nukes, get everything ready because this guy is Hitler. We have to defend ourselves against Hitler. Oh, wait a second. No, you don't want to do that. Or maybe you do, but you're not going to actually advocate for it because you'll be left out of the room by most people with some semblance of common sense. Why? Why? Why, is, why aren't you for sending in our troops? Why aren't you for sending in our troops into Ukraine right now? Why shouldn't if we invaded Russia immediately, send our battleships, send everything? He's Hitler, after all. Oh, so he's only Hitler as long as it's convenient for you for him to be Hitler. So we should oppose him because he's Hitler, but we shouldn't invade Russia, even though he's Hitler. Absolute logic fail. This is an absolute logic fail. It's amazing. It's amazing how these conversations... Uh, get mixed up by these propagandists. He's not Hitler. Well, he's going to invade other countries. If he's going to invade other countries, please explain to me why he hasn't invaded Tajikistan, why he hasn't invaded um, Mongolia, why he hasn't invaded all the other countries down there um, um, near um, from, from Russia to Iran. He could invade all those countries. He hasn't. Why? Because he needs a buffer. Because he needs a buffer from an aggressive West against them. Yes, the West is being aggressive against Russia. I'm saying let's get to the let's let's go to the negotiation table. Let's go to the bargaining table. Let's discuss this. No, we have to go to war. We have to. You have been drumming the war drum from the start. Putin is the one who's asking for peace. He doesn't want Ukraine joining NATO. And and you remember how this conversation used to go. Ukraine is not there. No, Ukraine is not going to join NATO. Now we're talking about there is no other way except if Ukraine joins as NATO. Because it was always on it was always on the table. It was always the thing that the West wanted. They wanted Ukraine to join NATO. Even though Ukraine historically belongs to Russia. It is a part of them. We ha- what we have done is we have staged coups in Ukraine. We have 
sent in our George Soros money for all the talk about Mark Levin, how much he opposes George Soros, except here. Except when it comes to George Soros funneling his money into Ukraine. Oh, he's very much pro-George Soros. Mark, I'm sorry. This is the facts. This is what happened. This is, um, she, this is the facts that has happened. If you are against George Soros, you should be against us getting involved in Ukraine. But he has gotten involved in Ukraine, sending in his money, and we have been forcing Ukraine to have elections that will get our candidates elected. It, Ukraine wanted to be more pro-Russia, regardless of, well, it was rigged. I don't care. It's not my business. It's Ukraine. It's not, Ukraine is here in Europe. You see that? And we are way over there. You see? You see? It has nothing, it has nothing to do with us. Oh my goodness, this conversation is so tiresome. Uh, oh, everything, everything ends and starts in Ukraine. It's amazing. We have presidents who get impeached. We have presidents who make so-called perfect phone calls. He didn't go far enough, as we understand with Hunter Biden, the things that have been coming out here. He hasn't gone far, far, far enough, but anyway, this is a complete joke. But let's continue. to the main, to the Back to the main point of <laughs> Russia being the most pro-United States president there has ever been in Russia. So, as we discussed, he wanted to join NATO. Okay, well, how, how's that pro-United States? Well, that in, it, in and of itself is not pro-United States per se, but it's more, more pro-Western, that he wants to be more like the West. He wants to be part of the international community, and we just denied it. Okay, cool. All right, let's go. Let's see what Russia did during the 9-11 attacks. Oh, right. They gave us all, as we know, they were, they invaded uh, Afghanistan. They were part, uh, they had, uh, when they had the Soviet Union, they took part in an invasion in Afghanistan and they um, have a lot of information, a lot of intel and so on and so forth. So what they did is they contacted us and they had said, here, take, take all the intel we have on Afghanistan. Here, take this. This could help you in the war against them on terrorism. If Russia is that much against the United States and they hate us, or if they're not trying to be more friendly to us or work with us, why would they give us intel to go against uh, to go against the terrorists? Why would they do that? Oh, uh, let's not forget about how Russia, how the international community finally came together and attacked uh, and destroyed ISIS. It was Russia also took a part in that. Don't they get any credit? Don't. Why aren't we celebrating that? that we finally have some cooperation with our countries, that we can both go in against the caliphate. No, no, nothing like that. So they're trying to work with us. Guess freaking what? They also tried to warn us about the Boston Marathon bombers. Yep, that happened. Yep, that happened. But what did we do? Well, our intel agencies didn't take it serious enough because here's the reason. Because it was the Russians. That's it. That's basically what it boils down to. All analysis shows this. Because it was the Russians, we didn't take them seriously. They tried to warn us about this, but what did we we repay them with? Yes, that we blame that the election was stolen. We're not going to discuss how we rig elections in other countries. It's only bad when the Russians do it. Even though the entire Russian operation of over of getting Donald Trump elected was like five Facebook posts, as I recall. That's about it. But yeah, we blame them for all the evils that has happened throughout the history of the world. But I can't believe, why would the Russians hate us? Why They must hate our freedom. Yeah, like, like the Iraqis, they hate our freedom. Yeah, that's what we're going we're gonna to kill. 1.6 million of them. The Russians have been trying to work with us. They're trying to 
get the terrorists. They've been trying to send us intel. Everything. They're trying. They're really trying here. What are we doing? We're blaming them for stealing elections. Which, uh, without any proof of that whatsoever. And then we wonder, uh, well, what about them um, hacking? Of course they will hack us. Because, first of all, we're, we're not allies. Let's get this clear. We're not allies with the Russians. Although we should be political allies, not not uh, not in cultural ideas. That's a different story. But we should be political allies purely on the basis of getting rid of the terrorists, um, working with them on international peace. And uh, we will get into the Middle East in a moment. You'll see. We'll see exactly how we have misaligned our political leanings here, and how the neocons. How it's amazing how these guys um, get away with stuff. Anyway. You wonder why they're hacking, why they're doing all these things. First of all, we should be immune to this. So the question, why are the Russians hacking us? The, question, the real question should be, why are we vulnerable to them being, being hacked? Why? Why aren't we updating our systems? Why aren't we protecting our grid? Why aren't we doing these things? The Russians are hacking us. That's not the question. That's not the freaking question. The question is, why aren't we immune to that? This is so stupid. Anyway, but you're wondering why the Russians are hacking us? Because we blame them on literally everything else on things that don't make any sense. If they're trying to work with us, what are we doing? We are only a we're only attacking them. And they're trying they try to work with us. There is no denying it. They try to work with us. Not only that, let's take what Putin said. He he about I heard this other argument. Well he wants to recreate the Soviet Union. And then the more sophisticates say, well it's actually the Russian Empire that he wants to um, recreate. Which is kind of true. He does want to create the Russian Empire. To an extent, it is kind of true. Although then you'll have to ask the question, why not evade uh, Mongolia or Kazakhstan? I mean, they literally don't have standing armies. You could just invade them like that and take the entire country. So it has so it hasn't that much to do with that. And as a matter of fact, Mongolia used to be part of Russia. So if it's about reclaiming land that belongs to Russia, it would be a Mongolia would be the first one to be to go. But for some reason, he hasn't taken it, which goes to show it's more deeper than that. It's actually defense. He's not afraid of China invading them because they have a mutual beneficial contract, uh, unspoken contract, or actually uh, actually um, written down contract, but there are, that our eyes hasn't seen yet. Anyway, but they are working together to undermine the United States. We need Richard Nixon back, apparently. Uh, he would, uh, what he did is actually go to China and actually made um, the Russians feel um, kind of uncomfortable with the Chinese for cozying up with the United States, which which um, was a brilliant move on his part. The problem is that we just we just ran with it and started outsourcing all of our product, uh, all of our production to the Chinese. That was a mistake, but that's not our Richard Nixon. That's on the glo our globalist elites for outsourcing everything, but... Richard Nixon did a pretty clever move there with dividing the communists. Anyway, back to the back to Russia. So what we're creating here is a block against us and it, we're not being that effective. We're not being that effective about it. And we just hate the Russians. Why? Because the Russians exist. That's it. If you hate the Russians, it's only because they exist. For all this time, the Soviets, when they were under the dictatorial rules and the terrible uh, catastrophes that has been happening in there? Nope. The Democrats, the liberals, they love those guys. Now, oh, Russia is one of the worst countries that has ever existed. I wonder why. I wonder why they would love the Soviets, but not the Russians. Hmm. I wonder. Anyway. Now, why would we want to align with the Russians? I mean, work with them. 
specifically, not political. Uh, I mean, domestic politics. We don't want to import their politics into our country. We want we are separate. We want to keep our freedom. We don't want, but we don't also don't want to mix in our so-called freedom to their country. Let them be how they want to be. Why would they? Why would we want to align with them on these issues on the international politics? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. First of all. We don't want them to run into the hands of the Chinese. That's number one. We need to divide them. But there's something much more interesting going on here. It's the endless wars in the freaking Middle East. Why Why are these wars so complicated? It's actually not supposed to be that complicated. It's not. It's absolutely not that complicated. Because we have aligned ourselves with the Saudis. So, so let's first paint this picture. We are very angry because the Russians, they are killing innocent civilians. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible that he, that they are killing innocent civilians. Yeah. Which, by the way, is uh, uh, highly inflated by the West, but they're killing innocent civilians nonetheless. But we're not going to discuss so many times, as we have said, that when we killed in innocent civilians in Iraq... Oh, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, and our involvement in Libya... Oh, that was epic. That was amazing. Good job, guys. Good job. No, no repercussions for the United States. When Russia does it, oh, that's terrible. But there's another point. We are also killing innocent civilians in Yemen. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes, we are. We are selling weapons to the Saudis to kill innocent civilians in Yemen. But not a freaking word, not one word from Markovin or all these are so real. How can they, how can they kill innocent civilians of these guys, these so self-righteous conservative, so-called conservatives? Not one word from those guys. I'm the one who is discussing it right here. You, if you're listening to me, oh, this guy's a Putin shill. Yeah, please explain this to me. Please explain when you use that argument of Putin's killing innocent civilians, why, why the hell didn't you know about this? You're supposed to know these things. Educate yourself on the subject. That's all I'm asking. You can have your opinion. You can go away from me, this, from this discussion today and still think we should be involved in Ukraine. Fine. You're wrong, but fine. But at least know the conversation, at least know the situations that's going on, at least understand the subject. But you didn't know these things, you just didn't. If you did, then kudos to you. But if you didn't, and you still had an opinion, if you don't, ha if you don't do the research, if you don't understand the situation, then just don't have an opinion on these things. First, do the do some research on the subject. Don't just take the media's word for granted. Don't take their words as it is, do the research, find out the truth. This is the truth. We are funding the deaths of innocent civilians and thousands of people are being killed. And why? Because we have aligned ourselves with the Saudis. Well, the Saudis are, are our allies. Yeah, but why are we, why is it our business that what happens in the Middle East? We shouldn't be sending money not to the Saudis, not to the Israelis, not to anybody. Nobody should be taking our money. Nobody, sh we shouldn't be giving anybody our money. Not to the Ukrainians, nobody. It's our money. We have, we are falling for bankruptcy here. But yeah, we got to protect all these other countries for some reason. I Israel can protect itself. So we have aligned ourselves with the Saudis, even though the, the majority of the 9-11 hijackers were Saudi citizens. Did we ever punish the Saudis for that, by the way? Did we ever... No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Nothing. No no investigations. No, nothing like that. We just swept it under the rug. Instead, we evaded an uh, innocent country. And innocent, I mean, uh, it was innocent on the charges that was levied against it, Iraq. 
You're aware whether they used to. No, no, no. They, right now, we, we said right now they have weapons of mass destruction when they didn't. So they're innocent of that charge alone. And uh, we can see how amazing it is right, doing right now. It's it's absolutely absolutely doing amazing right now. 1.6 million dead. Congratulations. Anyway, we invaded other countries and tried to, oh, we're going to build nation build. They, they don't want us. They don't want this. They're their own nation they, or it's a combination of a few nations in one country. Let them be how they want. Let them be how they want. Anyway, so what we did in the Middle East because of 9-11, nothing to Saudi Arabia. Okay, I hear, I hear you, I hear you. Instead, we are now funding a war in Yemen that's killing innocent civilians. Oh, and by the way, talking about killing innocent civilians, let's talk about Ethiopia, where 600,000 people, even more people that, that have died in the war in Ukraine, currently, about from 2020 till 2021, about, about a year or two years, um, it, they had a civil war where 600,000 people were killed, but not, you didn't even know it was happening. Interesting. It's interesting. So, innocent people are dying. Yes, except when it's happening literally throughout the entire world, and there are slavery throughout the entire world. No, here... This one place, this is where you're supposed to now um, care about, without question. And if you don't care, and if you're done, then that means that, that you hate you hate the Ukrainians and you are pro-Russia. You can't just be, you can't even ask questions anymore. Oh, and by the way, talking about being pro-Russia, here's another thing. Mark, if you're listening, I have another question for you. You attack people like me, oh, you're being pro-Russia. You're pro-Russia. And people who don't even take it as far as I do, people who are who are much more lenient towards, um, who are much more lenient towards our elites, you call them pro-Russia. Yet they have the same opinion as Tucker Carlson. Yet for some reason you don't attack Tucker Carlson the way you know. No, Tucker Carlson is allowed to be anti-the war. He's allowed to be anti-war. Oh, who else? Also, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. They're also allowed to be anti-war. But if I am anti-war then that means I'm pro-Russia. Mark, can I please understand the logic here? I, there are so many people who literally have the same opinions as Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, and also Kennedy. Are they all pro-Russia? No, you, you don't attack Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. You know why? Because you know if you did, you know if you did, you would lose about half your audience. So you're a shill. You're weak on your own subject. You are not willing to defend it on principle. So you're compromising, which is a good thing sometimes, compromise on gaining some ground, but you're not but you're not even espousing a principle and then compromising on something. No, you're just compromising on the principle itself as well. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing how Mark Levin gets away with these things. And again, I I have tremendous respect for this guy, but I can't take him seriously when there are so many holes in his logic. There are so many holes. How can he take this guy seriously? I think we could call them bonus holes. Anyway. That's a joke for another day. But, going back to the main subject, as we've done so many times, that we did not, we did not speak about the atrocities that has been happening in, oh my goodness, Ethiopia, where they kill people with machetes as well, by the way. Oh, they, 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 it's the matter how they kill. Well they, well, they are killing with machetes. Big update. But, we did not do anything towards the Saudis, and we are funding their war. Now here, and we have seen a lot of problems. Israel with with their country with the countries over there, they are having a lot of problems. 
Why? Because the Russians, they don't want this, they want that, whatever. They have their own things. They're propping up regimes. We are opposing regimes. We have proxy war upon proxy war. And we've also destabilized the Middle East by taking out Iraq because they were something there to protect against uh, Iran. It was, long story short is, that we've only done a lot of damage in the Middle East. Here's the, th here's the thing. You don't want to know how we can much more stabilize the Middle East if we just align with Russia. Or we get, to, sorry, we get Russia to align with us by saying to Russia, okay, no more NATO, no more of these BS. You get to keep Ukraine because it's historically part of Russia and we want to have peace. We don't want the killing. Let's work out on peace in the Middle East. There are so many things that could happen. First, we decouple from Saudi Arabia. Let the Saudis fall. It's not our business. It's not our freaking business. They're killing also people. Let the Israelis, and, and this is, and all of this is non-intervention. We work with the Russians to both of us, okay, we both of us will stop the proxy wars. Let the Israelis kill the citizens, the terrorists. Why am I saying citizens? Oh my goodness, that's a Freudian slip. That's a terrible one. That's a bad one. I denounce that. I denounce it completely. Anyway, back to the main subject. Let the Israelis kill the terrorists. We don't have to send in our rockets. Let the Israelis do it. And if the Iranians uh, have... Uh, nucle uh, nuclear weapons. Let the Israelis destroy the Iranian nuclear weapons. Let the Israelis do what they, what they have to do to, to defend their country. We should stop defending Israel. Let Israel defend itself. They can do it. They have, an, they have the economy. They have the manpower. They have the brain power. They have everything they need. Let them do what they have to do. We and Russia should come together and stop getting involved. It's because of we have been getting involved that all of this, ha that the wars in the Middle East don't end. We have been propagating these wars. It's all about proxy wars. Stop sending money. Let Israel kill the terrorists, do what it has to do, and we just sit back and let Israel do all the dirty work. Because it's not because these countries are not a threat to us. We shouldn't get involved. If they're a threat to Israel, let Israel get involved. And the same is with in Europe. We should get out of Ukraine first. In reality, we should get rid of NATO altogether. But... I don't think that's going to happen. We shouldn't be in NATO. That's number one. Number two, if those countries are threatened by Russia, then it's their business. Then they should work with Russia on peace. It's their business. It's not our business to defend Europe. It's crazy. It's absolutely mind-boggling. By the way, what about oil? The Saudis are going to crash the oil. Guess what? We don't import that much oil from, from Saudi Arabia, about 10% or so. The mass majority is from, uh, is from our, we produce it ourselves, we can import from Canada. As a matter of fact, we can import from Russia if we actually work with them on peace. We don't need the Saudis. You know why we are involved and in giving money to the Saudis? You know why? It's because Europe is importing oil from the Saudis. There you go. That's the giveaway. That is the huge giveaway. It's not because it's an our defense. It's because Europe. It's always Europe. Europe are the ones who always get us involved in these stupid wars. What did George Washington say? Let's get to, let's get to one of the main points. You call me uh, you call me uh, pro Putin. Okay. I guess George Washington was also pro Putin because he said in the farewell address that we should not get involved in Europe's wars because they will never end. Look it up. I guess George Washington is also pro-Putin. I love how Mark Levin channels all the founding fathers, except George Washington when it comes to this, because, you know, it goes against the narrative and against what he has to say, what he believes in. Anyway, so, you just gotta love that. But anyway, we do not have to take care of Europe's wars. Let Europe engulf itself in flames. It's not our business. Except, here's the one caveat I'll put to that. 
except on diplomacy. Should we send diplomats over to Europe to avoid war? Absolutely. I'm all for that. I'm all for sending over diplomats throughout the world uh, avoiding war. Why? Because it doesn't cost um, that much to the taxpayer. I mean, they're probably getting getting overpaid anyway. But but if it's just like um, those those people and it's not the defense con- so-called defense contractors that making all the money and so on and so forth i mean it's a good it's a fair deal because we don't we still don't want people dying so i guess the price is worth it i am willing to set some kind of price to the, to avoid war so that is the price i'm setting send in the diplomats work things out get to go to the negotiating table and work it out no problem with that we should be involved diplomatically we should be involved throughout the world but when it comes to military and so on we should be involved in our own hemisphere we should be building a wall that's one thing we should be doing but there are so many other things that we have to take care of ourselves and stop getting involved in all these wars here's another one and I think I'm going to finish with this you just gotta love it that we have discussed how oh it's so terrible that Russia is invading Ukraine even though we have avoided, we have, they have tried to exhaust all other diplomatic means. They have, they have exhausted all other ways of trying to negotiate with us. Now the only option we left them is war. And then, oh, you can't do that. They're, well, they tried everything else. They tried everything else. Of course they're going to do that. Do you blame them? When you're Putin, wouldn't you do the same to defend your own country? They see Ukraine as a threat. They see us as a threat. Wouldn't you defend your own country if you're Putin? No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure you wouldn't do that. You'd probably be the mass murderer that you call Putin, uh, that he is. He loves this country. He's trying to defend it, don't you see? You have to see it through their eyes so we can actually figure out how to work out peace. Regardless if they're right or wrong, the question also is if we can get to peace. That is a very important thing. But in which case they're actually... Um, Putin is right. But... Even if they weren't, you have to understand the other side of the argument in order to bring logic into the conversation. Otherwise, you're just shouting um, past each other. Anyway, so it was terrible. It's terrible that Putin is evading Ukraine. But you know what's not terrible, according to Europe, is when Azerbaijan invades Armenia. Oh, yes, that actually happened. And guess freaking what happened throughout that time. When Azerbaijan invaded Armenia, nobody actually talked about it, except Nancy Pelosi, who actually flew over there. Um, at least he was being consistent. We shouldn't get involved anyway. It's Russia's business because it's in their backyard. But she flew over there. At least she was being consistent, at least on that one point. But here's the main thing. We're not allowed to buy Russian oil, right? But we are, all, but Europe, and when I say we, I mean Europe. But Europe is allowed to buy Arme- to buy Azerbaijani oil, even though they have invaded Armenia. Isn't that it peculiar? That's a very interesting concept. So we're not going to buy Russian oil because... Sorry, we're not going to buy Russian oil as long as it's only Russia that sells it to us. If it goes through China and China sells it to us, then it's okay. But we're not going to buy Russian oil to virtue signal to um, the populace. But we're going to buy Azerbaijani oil, even though both have evaded a country that they're not supposed to, so-called they're not supposed to. Russia, as I said, is correct, correct in what they're doing. They are right to defend themselves against a hostile NATO. But when Azerbaijan does it, nope, not a word. And we're going to use Azerbaijani oil. As a matter of fact, we're going to use Azerbaijani oil just so we don't buy Russian oil. 
the amazing logic fails that has been happening throughout this conversation is astronomical. But yet we're we're now approaching the end of the conversation and yet there's still still some people who are not only they're like, okay, I disagree, there's still some people, oh, there must be he's pro-Putin, he's pro-Russia. Again, haven't you been listening to me what I've been saying? I don't want to be like the Russians. We are our own separate country. We should be totally different. They are a dictatorship. We don't want to emulate that. But let them choose their own freaking government. Let us work into the parameters of peace. Let us work this out. Let us keep to ourselves and let Europe have its own wars without us getting involved except diplomatically. No, it must be your pro-Russia. And if I say that the Russians are there correct because Europe has been denying them, they've been denying them peace throughout the entire time, and now they finally choose the war path because it was the only path that was left to them. Yep, you are, you are pro-Russia. Sure, you are a warmonger. How about that? I can play this game even better than you. You want to see people die as... Lindsey Graham said, said that the Russians are dying. It's the best money they have spent. I guess you endorse that, don't you? Oh, no, you don't endorse that. Actually, actually, that is exactly what you're doing. Actually, that is. Yes, that's, that's you. That is you. You're going to call me pro-Putin. You're going to call me all those stupid names, which doesn't really affect me. But you're going to call me that. I'm going to call you that. I'm going to call you pro-war. I'm going to call you, you're a warmonger. You're a shill for the elites. You want to see people die. You want to see the Russians die. Oh, let's not forget about the other people who have been saying that we're going to turn Ukraine into Vietnam. Yes, it's amazing. It's amazing how these people get away with saying things like this. You want to turn Ukraine to Vietnam? Are you out of your mind? People get away with these things. But it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing how the other side gets away with it. But I, if I I, I bring a an opposing opinion, oh, you must... No, you're the worst of the worst. You must be a Nazi or something. You support the Nazis in Ukraine... I support peace. You are a warmonger. Fair is fair. Anyway, we're going to end here. I thank you very much for listening to this episode. Please, the one thing you can do that really helps out is share. Share this episode wherever you can. Leave a like. Um, you could also leave a comment. If you're here on Spotify, you could leave a comment. You can also send me, if you want to reach out to me, you could reach out to me at Aaron Politodoxy on Twitter, or at politodoxy at gmail.com on email. And again, please share, subscribe, follow, whatever the, however the button works out for you. And again, share. And I thank you very much to listen to this episode. And remember, my fellow radicals, stay political. <laughs>